Hi, Saints. Welcome to another episode of Talking Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D, here to help you grow in faith and walk in God's amazing grace. I know I have been missing for about three weeks, my friends, but I am back here to share more powerful messages from the Lord thy God. Today's message is entitled, The Power of Your Words. So sit back and let's get into this powerful message. The power of your words is today's message, my sisters and brothers. Now, I typically read from the New King James Version, for those of you who follow me on a regular basis. But today, I have chosen to read from the traditional King James Bible. So if you see a difference in words, that is why. It's because I am reading from the traditional King James Bible. And if you have the New King James Version or any other version, this is why. But I promise you, we will end up in the same place. Now, our leading scripture for today is Proverbs 18, verse 21. Proverbs 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. My, my, that is powerful scripture. As a matter of fact, this scripture is one of the main reasons why Christians go through unnecessary trials and tribulations throughout their lives. Now, we are not exempt as Christians. We are not exempt from trials and tribulations. As a matter of fact, Jesus said we will endure trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So this means that Christians should not be in a trial and tribulation every day of their lives. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. No, at some point, we need to be living the abundant life that Jesus Christ died for us to have. Now, that is one of the reasons I wanted to share this message because a lot of Christians are embarking on unnecessary trials and tribulations. Now this verse, Proverbs 18 and 21, can have a profound impact on your life. Death and life are in the power of your words. That means you can speak death to your life with your own mouth, or you can speak life to your life with your own mouth. It is up to you. Everything you have in your life right now and everything you are right now is the sum total of all you have been believing and saying with your mouth, with your word, saints, over the years. Laws work whether you know they are working or not. You can jump off the top of a 20-story building and not know that there is any such thing as the law of gravity. But as soon as your feet leave the top of the ledge, you are going to come under the influence of that law. You do not have a choice over whether that law works. You don't. The law of gravity will bring you crashing to the ground in a matter of seconds. That law is working 24 hours a day, whether you know it or not. You need to know that there is a law of words as well. 
When you speak words that are out of agreement with the word of the living God, you have just cut yourself off from God. It does not mean that you are no longer his child. I want to make that clear. It simply means that you have cut yourself off from God. It does not mean that he no longer loves you either. But it does mean you have broken the connection. Now let me give you an example. I can be talking on the telephone to my sister. Now if something happens to break the connection, we are no longer communicating. Uh, but my sister is still on the other end of the line. And I don't love her any less than when I could hear her voice. However, the communication has been interrupted. I am on this end and she is on the other end, but we are not making contact. We are still sisters, but we have been cut off. And I gave that simple example so that you can understand where this message is coming from. When we are not operating in the line with the word of God, we have cut ourselves off. God is still our father. We have not broken the relationship, just the connection. We are operating in line with tradition and feelings and circumstances. God wants us to deny that the circumstances have any right to dictate to us where we are or what we do. They are not our Lord. Jesus is. Now, if you want to walk in the realm of the spirit, you will have to change your vocabulary and bring it in line with the word of God. We simply have to do this, people. If, if you want to cut the amount of trials and tribulations that you are going through, you have to change your vocabulary. Now, I had to do this almost 20 years ago. I was a disaster going somewhere to happen. I was, people. I was my own worst enemy. And I, I didn't even know it. I had been speaking death into my life for years and had built a pool of death. I was allowing circumstances to cheat me out of the benefits I should have had under the covenant, the new covenant the covenant that has better promises. I was being cute and saying things like, well, I think I'm going to be sick or I feel a cold coming on. Y'all know it's that flu season again. We might catch the flu. I was always saying, th saying things like that. Now that may sound, sound funny, but you probably have been doing the same thing. Death and life are both in the power of our words. Look at what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now Jesus did not say whatsoever is good. He said, whatsoever, if you keep talking death, that is what you are going to have. If you keep talking sickness and disease, that is what you are going to have. If you keep talking problems, that is what you are going to have. 
because you are going to create the reality of them with your own mouth. That is a divine law. Notice that Jesus said you will have what you say, not what you believe. You will only get it because you say it. So what you say ought to be based on what you believe. And what you believe ought to be based on what the words you say. Okay? And I need to say that again because I want you to get this, saints. Jesus said, you will have what you say, not what you believe. You will only get it because you say it. So what you say ought to be based on what you believe. And what you believe should be based on what you say. Now, in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus says this. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, Jesus said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And he is not a liar. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You can read that in John 14, 6. He said he will give you rest, not more trials and tribulations. I'm sorry, not more trials and tribulations. Jesus said it, and that settles it. Whatever Jesus said is written in stone. And if he said it, that's it. Our opinion doesn't matter. The reason the Christian life has been hard for many people is because they have been carrying the burdens themselves. But you do not have to carry them. If your yoke is hard and your burden is heavy, something is wrong. You need to come into agreement with what the word says. Look at 1 Peter 5 and 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he cared for you. Now, if I have cast my cares on him, Jesus, that means he has it. If he has it, then I don't. And if I do not, I am free. At least I should be free. If I turn around and pick up that care again, then he does not have it any longer. And I am weighted down with a heavy burden. I have to cast my care on him and leave it there. That is the freedom God wants to us to walk in, my saints. Now, since 1998, I have changed my vocabulary. And as a result of changing my vocabulary to speak positivity over my life, I have experienced a huge change. Now, if 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 you don't no longer want to carry those burdens, what you need to do is give it to the Lord Jesus Christ and leave it there and don't worry about it. Now, I know uh what I'm saying is it it appears to be risky to you. Because for some of you, it's the first time you're hearing it. Now, I have had some struggles and some uh, minor trials, but I started operating in God's word, meaning trust in him. 
If Jesus said, cast your cares upon him, let me tell you something. I will cast a care on the Lord Jesus Christ just, just as sure as I am talking to you right now. Because if he's willing to take my burdens, I am definitely willing to give it to him. Now, I uh, retired from speaking negativity over my life and my family's life. And that's been over 20 years ago. And I'm here to tell you, there are a lot of burdens out there. They come in different colors and shapes and sizes. And if you want it, you are welcome to them. But I have not been discouraged at any time when a test trial or, or temptation comes knocking on my door. I'm not discouraged because I serve a God who is true to his word. He is faithful even when we are not. But I can tell you this by experience. I know he is able. He is, and if he is able and you know he is able, then why are you holding on to the burden? And why are you constantly speaking death and life into your life? Speaking death and life over your children, over your marriage. Now, you, do not misunderstand me. I have had plenty of opportunity to be discouraged and to be down. I have had the same opportunities as everyone else because I live in the same world and fight the same devil. That's right. I'm not exempt. As a matter of fact, Satan attacks God, God's ministers more than he attacked the saints. But I have learned to say, I'm passing that trouble on to you, Lord, so that I can be free. I cast all my care on the Lord. And I'm not just saying this. I do. I do. I truly cast my cares upon the Lord. I cast my ministry on the Lord, you know, because it's his ministry anyway, not mine. You know, I'm going to do my part and carry out my assignment, but I do not have to have to have a problem with it because it is not my ministry. The people do not belong to me. They belong to the Lord. I am an under shepherd. If I feed the sheep, and, and feed the lambs, then, then Jesus will take care of the rest. Now, some people would rather listen to the devil than listen to the word of God. And I think that is so sad. I really do. A lot of people has allowed the devil to convince them that if they speak the problems over their lives, that it is okay with God. It is okay with God for them to be in a, in a trial 24 7 that is unrealistic people that's not how can you how can satan's people be be enjoying their lives don't know god never accepted christ as lord and savior never even confessed christ and they are out here living an abundant life and god's people who christ died for on the cross by the way so that we can have a better life how does that make sense to you? How? How does that make sense to you? Now, it, it is unfortunate that most people would rather listen to the devil than to listen to the word of God because they get a lot of sympathy that way. That, and that's unfortunate too, but a lot of people like likes attention and they know that sympathy will get it. 
you know, they cry and they whine and, and, and get their egos padded. They say, poor old me, and, and the devil has been whipping me, a poor old me. Now, ain't that a shame? I don't know about you, but I think that is so sad. It is, it, it is very shameful, and it puts the Lord Jesus Christ to shame. Now, sympathy becomes their reward instead of the benefits of the covenant. But I retired from that as well. You know, I cast all my cares on the Lord. The Lord would not touch them if we do not cast all of them on him. We have to give it to the Lord, people. Now, if you do not cast the cares of your circumstances onto the Lord, you will have to carry the burden yourself. The burden is real. And I don't have to tell some of you that you know your burden is real. And it will weigh you down until you can hardly walk. Pain is real. Fear is real. Poverty and lack are real. Now, as you carry all that mess on your back, you will be bent over, struggling down the road of life. You might even be proud about what a hard time you are having. Now, but I am not like the 10 o'clock news on the television. I have good news for you. You can be free in Jesus. I do not have trials and tribulations. Uh-uh. Not on a regular basis. A trial is knocking on my door right now. But let me tell you something. I was glad to let God know that I am ca I'm casting this one on him because it's too much for me to bear. Now, I have opportunities for a trial just like you do. But I cast all my cares on the Lord. And I keep saying that because I want you to do the same. Because he cares for you and me. If I have cast them on him, then I don't have them anymore. I am free. If I say I am not, I am a liar. And I am going to have the power of Satan working in my life. Because I am going contrary to what the word of God says. Now, every day is a good day for me. I have had a thousand opportunities to be discouraged, but I have gone by all of them. I have just trotted on by because I walk by faith, not by sight. And that is what this whole thing is all about. Walking by faith, not by sight. Now, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 tells us for we walk by faith, not by sight. Now, in this verse, God is saying that we should walk by the word and not by the physical senses. The word is our standard. Jesus is our example. Now, if this is true, and it is, how dare we say that we are scared or afraid? That will be pointing a finger in the face of God and calling him a liar. He said in his word, for, for, for God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And that's in 2 Timothy 1 and 7. God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if some of us are walking by fear, you need to know that's not God. Fear doesn't come from God. Confidence comes from God. Love and power and a sound mind comes from God. So if I have fear and you have fear, 
you need to know it did not come from God. And I do not have any business entertaining fear. It is dishonoring to God. Yes, it is. Yes, I could be scared every minute of every day, but I, I, I retired from it because God has not given that, that spirit to me. I used to walk in fear over 20 years ago because I didn't know any better. If it's a difference between being ignorant of something and knowing something and ignoring it, it is. Now, if you didn't know God didn't give you a spirit of fear, you don't know to do better. But now that you are hearing the word, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's in 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Now that you know the truth, you're supposed to walk in it. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to walk in it. Uh, so I'm not afraid of anything. Uh-huh. And let me tell you something. I am human, but I'm telling you, I had to grow to where I am today. And I am not afraid of anything because I know that the, the greater one is in me. I know this. I know that Satan is the God of this world. I know that Satan is the one causing all of these calamities. And I want to take this time to mention Hurricane Dorian, the catastrophic hurricane, Category 5, that literally ripped apart the entire island of the Bahamas. And But I'm here to tell you, to my sisters and brothers in the Bahamas, that God is a deliverer, that God is a provider. And for those of you who walked out of that storm with your lives, God is a protector. Amen. Amen. I am still praying for them. Uh, my nonprofit is the Non-Sufferlack Corporation Incorporated. And I am accepting donations now so that I can send relief aid to uh, the Bahamas and to certain parts of Carolina. Um, because I have a ministry that is designed to help the less fortunate, including those who are victims of natural disasters. And it just ripped my heart apart. My heart was heavy. I had to pray. Oh, I had to do some praying when I saw the devastation on television. And then I know that was the human side of me. That was the compassion and is the compassion that I have in my heart for mankind. And it was so sad to see those people lose every single thing that they had. But I'm here to tell you that God can restore what they lost. I tell you, but they still have their lives. Now, let's continue on with this message. And, um, I want to repeat 2 Timothy 1 and 7, for God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. So if I have fear, it did not come from God. And I do not have any business entertaining fear. It is dishonoring to God. And I want us to know that it is a dishonor to the Lord our God if we walk in fear. Now, I could be scared every minute of every day, but I am no longer walking in fear. I gave that up 20 years ago because I know that the greater one lives inside of me. Oh yes, I can, you, I can overcome fear. If I can overcome fear, so can you.
Now, you may think that I have not faced the same things you have, but I have, sisters and brothers. Now, I remember when I lost my mother back in 1993. You know, um, so I faced the same things a lot of you face. Uh, I remember standing at the casket crying. My mother died at a tender young age of 56. And for those of you who, who follow me on a regular basis, you heard me speak of this, and I'm not going to speak long on this, but you heard me speak of this. My mother willed herself to death. She went into a deep state of depression over the her divorce from my father. And my father was the only man that my mother ever dated, ever been with, married and had one son and three daughters, my two sisters and my one brother. And when she found out my father cheated, he went outside the marriage and fathered another child. My mother never got over that. And I always say, if I knew then what I know now, the minister that I am today, I believe my mother would still be here. Um, because uh, the, the negative words that was constantly said to keep her in depression, we knew no better. We knew no better. I didn't know that I serve a God who could deliver and who could heal can heal you from anything. He certainly could have healed my mother from her depression, but my mother had no support. She had stopped going to church, but she uh, definitely was a Christian. She was sealed until the day of redemption, but she died early. And uh, so I want you guys to know I have gone through what a lot of you have gone through and is going through today. So I just want everybody to know the same God who has changed me and changed my way of thinking and helped me change my vocabulary by speaking his words, not mine, has made a difference in my life. And if he made a difference in my life, we know God is no respecter of persons. He can make a difference in your life. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this, faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It does not say who you, who you have to hear it from. You can hear from your own mouth. If you can't believe your own mouth and the words that come out of your mouth, what, what, I mean, whose mouth are you going to believe? Now, so when you say things like, I'm sick, I'm poor, I can't make it, I'm afraid, I won't succeed. You believe those things because you have confidence in your words. Mm -hmm. You believe those things because you have confidence in your words. Now, the sixth chapter of 2 Kings records some of the ex exploits of Elisha the prophet of God. Now, at this particular time, Israel was at war with Syria. Now, whenever the Syrians would go out and, and set an ambush, the word of knowledge would work in Elisha's life. And he would inform the king of Israel about Syria's plans. Time after time, Israel's troops avoided the ambushes. Now, this happened so often and so regularly that the king of Syria said, we must have a think in our thing in our ranks. Now, some spy 
is giving away our military secrets. That's what the, the king of Syria used to say. Now, one of the soldiers said, oh no, king, that is not the problem at all. There is a prophet over there in Israel and he knows everything, even what is going on in your bedchamber. Mm-hmm. And the king said, send some spies to find out where this prophet is. Now, when the spies returned, they told the Syrian king that Elisha was in Dothan. Now, then the king said, get the troops and chariots together. We're going to go over and, and lay siege against this city. Where uh, Now, were you going to put a stop to this leak in our communication? That's what he said. We are going to put a stop to this leak in our communication. So they went over that night and surrounded the entire city. Early in the morning, Elisha's servant went out to draw water, as was his custom. But this time, his eyeballs almost fell out of their sockets. Everywhere he looked, he saw Syrian troops. He dropped his bucket and ran back to the house. Alice, my master, what shall we do? <laughs> the army of Syrians has us surrounded. That's what he was saying. What shall we do? Now, Elisha said, come and show me what you are talking about. They went outside and the servant said, look, everywhere you can see there are Syrian troops waiting for us. Oh, said the prophet. Oh, said the servant. Man, we're about to die. And all you can say is, oh. Now, Elisha said, fear not. For those who are with us are greater than those who are with them. Now, the servant looked at the thousands of Syrian troops. And we're talking about walking by faith, people, not by sight. Then he looked at the two of them and then back at the troops and chariots. He thought the prophet has really lost it this time. He didn't lost his everlasting mind. He can't see or else he, he can't count. Now, in 2 Kings 6.17, uh, Elisha says this, And Elisha prayed. And said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. Because see, Elisha already knew what was going on. He already knew God had his back. He wasn't walking by how many soldiers he saw that the Syrians army had. Mm -mm, he wasn't concerned about that. He walked by faith. Now, now, wait a minute. What kind of nonsensical prayer is this? The prophet is saying. Now, that's what his servant is saying to himself. Lord, open his eyes. When the servant's eyes were already wide open. The servant thought Elisha was crazy. That is what had scared the poor dude so much. But the prophet was not talking about the servant's physical eyes. This is why I need you to pay attention, saints. He was talking about the eyes of the spirit. The eyes that see beyond what the physical eyes can perceive. So the Lord opened the spiritual eyes of the young man. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. That's 2 Kings 6.17 in its entirety. Verses, I mean verse 17 in full. Now, everything Elisha needed was already in the spiritual realm. 
even when the servant could not see the horses and chariots of fire, they were still already there. The spirit world is more real than the physical world. The physical world is only a shadow of that real world, the realm of the spirit of God. Whether you see it or not, and whether you feel it or not, everything you need that is consistent with a godly life is already in the spirit realm. You have to speak it from the spirit realm into this, this three-dimensional physical world. If it is consistent with the godly life, you can have it. You initiate it by your faith. And that takes effort and determination. And this is where we lose some Christians because they don't want to, you know, put, a, put forth a little effort and, and some determination. Some people want God to pour it out on them without any effort on their part. But 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, we walk by faith. It does not say God pushes us. It says we walk by faith. This means we have to do it. We have to believe the word of God. Remember what I just talked about. We have to cast our burdens upon the Lord. We have to cast them there. He's not going to take them. See, a lot of people don't rightly divide these scriptures. They look over it, they glance over it, and they want it to say what they want it to say. Oh, God is going to carry our burdens. No, you have to cast your burdens on him for him to carry them. You have only half truth. You are speaking half truth. God will carry your burden if you cast them on him. Now, casting your burden on God takes a little bit of effort. Okay? Casting your burdens upon the Lord takes a little bit of effort. We have to believe God and take him at, at his words. You can walk above the circumstances of life. That is walking by the word and not by the senses. That is casting all your cares on God and taking him at his word. That is bringing the supernatural realm into the natural realm. And sisters and brothers, either you change your vocabulary and start speaking positive words over your circumstances. If you are having issues at work, you start speaking positive words. You know, the devil is a liar. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am the head and not the tail. Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I am a child of God. And no matter what bad and negative situation you created, because I know it's not God, God is going to turn it around and work it out for my good. Those are the type of things you have to speak in a trial if you're having problems with your marriage. You say, the devil, you are a liar. No weapon formed against my marriage shall prosper. I don't care how things look now. We are going to work this out. The end result are going to be, we are going to be a family. Oh, yes. The love that brought us together is going to keep us together. If you are having problems with your child, Satan, you get your hands off of my child. He is a seed of Abraham. Yes, he is. He belongs to the new covenant just like I do. And I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You can't have my son. My son is going to go to school. He is going to graduate and he is going to become a productive citizen in this life. But you have to change your vocabulary. Stop looking at what you see. I don't care how bad it is. See, and look, let me tell you, I've been through it. So I know it can be rough, but you have to make a decision. Either you are going to believe the word of God and trust that he is faithful or you're not. 
you're going to stop believing Satan and start believing God and taking him at his word. So I hope this message has been a blessing to you. Stand by for a brief message. I hope you were blessed by this message, the power of your words. If you have any questions or comments about this episode or any past episodes, please send your questions or comments to trustgod55.cd at gmail.com. If you would like to show your financial support for this podcast, please sow your seed into this good ground. We teach the truth, and that's good ground, saints. Go to my Anchor, Spotify, or Breaker home pages, click on the Support This Podcast button, and contribute an amount of your choice. Now until next time, saints, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D., rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. See you next time.